Welcome one, welcome all to episode 209 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Saturday, December 23rd, 2023. I'm your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, joined by my co-host, the Intrepid, Captain Logan. Alongside the captain today, we are joined by Dan, Daddy D, Wally, and Jose Martinez III, hosts of The Nerd Chat, a fellow Xbox podcast bringing Xbox and gaming news to gamers. Today, we'll be chatting about the Insomniac Hacks, Starfield Milestones, and Game Pass through the year. It is the final standard episode of XCP uh, until the new year. Logan, we like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made our gaming weeks better. But first, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. Uh, last night was uh, outside social Logan night. Mm -hmm. So this morning is uh, getting back into sitting in room playing video game logan mode mm -hmm. and outside yeah. of that i was surprised that this week had as much news as it does agreed agreed <laughs> uh, i found the same thing uh to be the case i thought it was going to be a very like reflective chill episode and it was not that um yeah. at least not in building the notes but i'd be remiss if i did not also uh introduce our two guests, two of the three parts of the Nerd Chat and Xbox podcast. Uh, let's, Dan, Daddy D. Wally, it is your birthday. Welcome to the show. They, thank you so much uh, to both Did we lose you, Dan? Luke. 55 years old today. That's, nope, not not even close. Uh, yeah, so, 61, get it no, right. Well, come on, guys. Uh, I'm 39. Thank you very much. And uh, as far as words of kindness go, thank you guys so much to you both for inviting Jose and I on. This is uh really special i think for jose i think we can speak i can speak for him that we are here absolutely it's like i was going to use that baseball analogy that i like to use you know being called up from the minors to the majors with you guys but it's more like being called up from the rust level ranking in halo up to onyx okay that's kind of how we compare it's our podcast to your guys so thank you so much for having us on and logan i gotta ask what is nighttime social lo captain logan entail uh it entails um, avoiding getting shots poured down your throat, oh. uh, lots of dancing. Uh, was it your birthday too? No, no, but it was a birthday party. Oh, nice. Very nice. So guys, yeah. thank you so much for having us. We, we really do appreciate it. Thank you. Well, there you go there. Uh, Dan, I'm glad that you are here. I'm anxious to know if Social Logan wore pants. Uh, but Jose Martinez the third, a.k.a. Chipotle Bear, the man who, by the way, to any listener who checks us out on YouTube and sees those avatars, he created those for us. How are you, dude? I am great, guys. Uh, very, very happy to be here. I echo a lot of what Dan said. Um, we've been doing this gig for what feels like a while now, even though you guys have been doing it much longer. And then some of our other podcasting friends have doing it even much longer than that. Uh, but it feels great, man. We uh, I we listen to your show every week. We listen to I feel like we know you, even though we've not kind of chat with you directly, but always get excited to see you in the chat. Always love to support you guys. So thank you for having us here today and uh, celebrating the magic of Christmas, man. It's great. Yeah, no, no, it's oh. good. It's uh, it, it feels good to me. We were talking prior to hitting record. I, Dan, we had not met, but I thought we had because I listen <laughs> every week. That's the plot yeah. of the podcaster sometimes, as you think 
you're on the same same page yeah. and then it's like well wait because you're saying you look up to us and i'm like i look up to you guys what are you talking about oh so, don't even no that's know. so funny wait luke i gotta ask is jose the one creating those amazing gif i know it's gif but it's really gif those amazing it's gifs it's not jose creating those amazing ones that you post on x platform Mm-mm. No, I'm oh, not thinking okay. of the gifts. <laughs> no, I do those. Those are those are me. Um, thanks nice. to Canva uh, and whatnot. So that's me working on those. Okay. But it's it's the the I'm not good at thumbnails. And it's a constant play. Do I put Phil Spencer in it or not? And like I feel like I sell out every time. But YouTube is so finicky about its algorithms. It's very difficult. And I'm not. I, I don't have a skill set that's dedicated to that. So it's always yeah. funny. Me neither. That's why I have Jose do it. Or I ask Bing Chat now, if you've noticed. So that's uh, my advice. <laughs> ah, there you go. There you go. So, well, uh, Logan, did we get your words of kindness? Um, no, no, we didn't actually. So this week, uh, I really just want to shout out Dan and, and Jose for actually coming on. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to be perfectly honest, it's nice when we have these opportunities to get to chat with other people. I get to talk to Luke pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, throughout the week, but getting other people's opinions and stuff uh, into the show for other people to hear sometimes is some of the best conversations you can have. And it's it's nice to have a couple of guys to, to bring in that are trustworthy to have like, you know, pretty good conversation points on a lot of the topics that I know we're going to be talking about. So I'm, I'm very excited to see the nuance to your guys's conversations as opposed to the Twitter posts and stuff. Mm-hmm. So It'll be cool to kind of like dive into that. And I just wanted to thank you guys for coming on, hanging out, and especially on on your, your birthday or on your daughter's birthday. Daughter's like, birthday. you know, <laughs> the, of, of all days. Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Scarlet. Yeah, sorry. Jose, did you guys mention that Christmas. too? Yeah. Jose. yeah, I said, yeah it's, sorry, it's my daughter's ninth birthday. So I already told I, I have an hour, a hard deadline for my yeah. wife and daughter. But uh, no, it's it's a pleasure. Both you guys truly like it's a lot of fun. Uh, we agree. We talk to our, each other all day on on our chat. You yeah, we mention you guys all the time on our podcast. Like, hey, yeah. remember when it's Luke nice said to, this? It's nice to be part of the community, man, which is great. <laughs> one one quick thing I got to say, uh, it's Jose's daughter's birthday as well, and I just want to say this used to be a really special day between me and Jose, but then he had to have his dang daughter being born on the. So Luke said he's he like, was, I can't believe your daughter had the audacity to have her birthday today. For, and Logan, you were saying uh, hearing other people's opinions. I that's why I really appreciate listening to other podcasts as well as i enjoy hearing how what everyone else has to say about everything that's going on and and i think sometimes people are like oh i don't listen to other gaming podcasts i love it and i think it's great to hear all these different opinions so i really appreciate that point you just stressed there yeah it's it's nice to at least get those other opinions in there because i think so often not the the content creators that aren't willing to listen to other content creators is stuff tends to you can be res- you can be resolute in your opinion, right? But it's yeah. also nice to be open to being wrong about that opinion from time to time. And I think that's it's it's important to be able to listen to other folks to hear a different perspective. You may not have to agree with it, but at least you're listening to it. That I think is is one of the few things that just doesn't we don't see too often in in gaming or just in in life in general. So it's it's nice to nice to be able to express that that's an okay thing to do. I think that's been the the coolest part about this week for me is how how watching the Insomniac leaks, which I know we're about to talk about, hearing the perspectives of so many different people about journalism, about uh, content creators, about the voices we're supposed to have. That is to me a hugely important uh, element. And so let, I'm going to take us straight to our first story. We'll do our Patreon pitch in a, in a bit. Um, Insomniac 
suffered a massive hack in the past week. And uh, I want to appreciate Butch in our community who I was calling it a leak and he was rightfully correcting my verbiage in that it should be a hack because those have different implications. Uh, a lot of personal information was released from Insomniac uh, workers. The a build for Wolverine was out there as well as the future slate for Insomniac. And, and we won't uh, intentionally ruin anything for anybody, but it really called into question how the games journalism, games media both respond to covering these various topics. Uh, it felt like a very different reaction in covering Insomniac's leak to what we saw from Capcom, from Rockstar, from Xbox proper. Uh, and maybe that is a difference between a hack and a leak in some respects, others not. But it was really interesting to watch the conversations surround this uh, because I took issue with a number of aspects for how people were covering it. Others did not. And there was a lot of, in, in our community anyhow, very good dialogue for what it means to be a journalist and not. And I'm curious if any of you would like to jump in with uh, strong feelings on this topic. Luke, I'm, I am kind of curious. Uh, when you got done playing the the leak or the hacked build uh, <laughs> and contacted the QA developers directly on their personal phone numbers, um, did you hear from them as far as uh, when you were out, like breathing on the window from their building, like a couple, like a few That's weeks right. ago? You and uh, Joseph, right? Oh That's my That's right. Gosh. We did visit Insomniac. That's true. Um, it was us. Uh, it was us. Hello. Um, I think the the thing that I really appreciated about it was the death threats that I gave. They really took serious. No, that's um, good. That's good. You know, especially <laughs> like when you're threatening them with like suffocating them in jelly bellies. It's it sends a message. You know, it sends a real a real sugary sweetie kind of like I love you, but I'm going to this. I, I will end your life. This game doesn't get come out perfectly. <laughs> Let's be um, honest. It would be rock steady that I'd be upset with. Um. <laughs> Uh, I, I wanted to jump on in this because this is, I wasn't sure like if we would talk about this being an Xbox podcast and this is being something so centric to PlayStation and stuff. But uh, first off, condolences to all of the staff who've had their, their information exposed. I get reports uh, every month based on like information that is personal to me that gets out on like the dark web and stuff like that. I see all like the, the email addresses that people make of me with my name to sign me up for stuff i see the junk mail come through from time to time of like the things that people are using my my email address to be able to like sign me up for things and that's just as a content creator right like i have an email that's out there for the show that gets used and abused and when you find out how much of your information gets ripped out of the dark web and you're just sitting there like thinking like great now people who i don't know have my actual address, which I, I give my address to some friends for, for purposes of like, they want to send me something or something like that. But outside of that, most people should not know where I live. I, I'd rather that be the case. So when you, when you get into that feeling of like uncertainty, like I, I, I didn't wish that, or I wish that it, that wasn't something that I had to think about in the back of my mind, because that is just anxiety driving there. The hacks themselves, um, I think there's a good distinction amongst a lot of us now who are talking about the difference between a hack and a leak that has helped try to reaffirm that leaks are going to happen. And most of us will generally cover those because it is news and it is interesting. We don't typically spoil anything because that would kind of ruin the experience of the game. 
But when it comes to hacks and not talking about that, I think that it's it's still valid for us to talk about it, especially if we're going to share our our opinion on on not it not being a good thing or a positive thing to support. But I don't understand why someone wouldn't want to talk about it just at a high level. Yeah. So the the leaks are often self-inflicted wounds often whereas yeah. a hack is is acquired by nefarious means but to separate that from the actual news portion i get very upset and i took great offense to seeing self-described journalists not reporting news i think there is an ethical and moral obligation of a journalist to report on news and that is a very different thing than a content creator or a gaming enthusiast or enthusiast press there were there were a lot of people that talked about kind of funny kind of funny is mm -hmm. they are not journalists they are not bound by journalistic ethics journalistic standards they are enthusiast press they can do what they want they're content creators to a point but a journalist should report on news are we going to pretend that we now do not know the slate that is is before us for what's coming from insomniac that is not to me ethically or morally correct to do when reporting and i get very frustrated by that it, it's it would be disingenuous for a journalist to pretend that they don't know how poorly sunset overdrive sold when offering a retrospective now that that's out there it is important to note that it was acquired by nefarious means but a journalist is held to certain standards whereas enthusiast press content creators they are not they are free to do what they want in private publishing that is part of uh being a content creator or enthusiast press but it's a big difference when i see journalists not reporting news or pretending they don't know the news. I, I get very finicky about that. Can um, I can I ask yes. Luke? And I'm I'm right there with you. And I did think it was a little bizarre when I saw you know the the kind of funny reaction. And it, obviously, I think we're talking about the Greg Miller's little clip that he sent out there. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure all of us look up to them because they're kind of like him and Colin and IGN and McCaffrey and all those guys. Like the reason probably most of us got into podcasting, at least for us, mm -hmm. and do you think you're right? They are content creators. They're not journalists. But do you think because they have such a massive audience and a massive following that is, is did it rub you the wrong way? Because is that the reason? Because they, they just have such sway and influence over the video gaming Twitter sphere, you know? Yeah. If you'd asked me that question two years ago, I'd probably have a different answer. But mm -hmm. in the wake of a lot of the political turmoil in the United States through social movements and Black Lives Matter, through the elections of Trump and Biden and all the discourse that came in social movements, I examined a lot of how people get their information and the responsibility of the consumer of information versus the distributor. Um, it's kind of like looking at Joe Rogan and getting mad that he said something that a comedian with a big audience yeah. said something. Well, are you getting your political opinions from a comedian? Is that is that your whose fault are we talking about here? Is there a responsibility of somebody with a big audience to articulate their points and, and be clear with their audience? I, I think so. Yes. But I don't get to say that and and definitively tell them what to do. I have a responsibility to, to be genuine to XCP's audience. They have a responsibility to decide if I'm being truthful and stick around or not. Um, and that is it's a two-way street there. I think when it came to kind of funny, a lot of people saw the clips and the clips are pretty damning, uh, but there is a greater context to come around. And, and that's important too, for me to go out and be angry at kind of funny without having watched the full episode or show, probably a little bit odd, but I 
no longer consume kind of funny. And that's not a diss to them. It, it didn't suit my interest as much anymore. So I can't be mad at them. And I am not mad at them. Like that is not a fair thing. I do think when you have an audience, you have a responsibility to adhere to that audience, just as the audience needs to acknowledge that, hey, Greg and Blessing are in Spider-Man 2. Greg was in Spider-Man 1. Like they have a definitive tie to I forgot about Insomnia. That. Yeah. I forgot. You know, that that's part of it. And they're also fully entitled to their opinion. And as a private distributor of, of content, they can say what they like. Um, that's different to me than a journalist describing themselves as a journalist, having journalistic standards and then breaking them by refusing to report or saying, Hey, you know what? Not now, because then you get ideas of favoritism and, uh, and whatnot. And it's bad timing next to all the, the recent discussions of Xbox tax, which are, uh, not necessarily this topic, but it pairs poorly in terms of timing. Yeah. Jose or Logan? I just want to add the only, I mean, I agree with you a lot. I don't have a lot to add other than we talked about this too on our show about, I just thought is like, I'm not dissing Sony or PlayStation or, or helping them. I just like, if people, if the only way people get news is through our podcast, theoretically, they would want to know what happened, right? Mm -hmm. They would want to know the story. So I'm not necessarily trying to be biased. I think it was important when we talked about it to also be, I was very positive, like without spoiling stuff. I liked what I saw with the Wolverine stuff. Like I was like, this is an early build and I think it looks fun. Like I think mm -hmm. it's a fun game, even though, uh, you know, there's some critiques out there as well. But um, I, I think it's weird. I think it'd be weird not to share this information if you were a gaming outlet, whether that's content creation or podcast, whatever. And just saying like, we don't want to talk about it. And I get that people say, like, I think the argument is like, you don't want to glorify people that like jump on stage during an award show. They don't like to show that footage because that's what sure. they're trying to do. They're trying to get their face out there. This is a little bit different. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I didn't see as much of an issue. And but you're right. I was I was very surprised by the total amount of like, there are some people real heated about people reporting on this. Yeah. And I was like, but I would want to know what happened. Everybody does, especially mm -hmm. if you're into games at all. So, you know, I, I guess it's just one of those you'll never make everyone happy. Logan, I want to ask you, do you think is there a big difference? I mean, obviously that the hack is a hack and it and it's terrible and and I completely agree with everyone everyone saying everyone's sentiments on it, but Sony could have prevented this, right? Theoretically, like they could have paid this ransom and this might not have happened. And I'm just confused at why everyone was everyone media, Twitter was so willing to talk about, you know, Grand Theft Auto, Capcom, uh the nvidia leaks and i know the microsoft leak was self-inflicted but it, it's still a leak that should that information should not have been out there i'm just wondering what are your thoughts on how it how it's been covered compared to those other ones it's definitely it's one of those situations that i think that this one hit a little bit closer to home uh, for a lot of the media because of how how rever how much reverence they have for Insomniac just based on their Spider-Man games and Ratchet and Clank and stuff. And to be perfectly honest, I, I as a person who makes podcasts, uh, I am on an Xbox podcast. I am willing to admit and be upfront with my bias. My bias is towards my box. I like my box. It's black. It has everything that I want out of it. It's not as big or bulky as the PS5, but I do absolutely That's love a lot of the games. On the <laughs> yeah, I knew that was coming in. Um, uh, it's it's definitely where I lean, and I'm not going to pretend otherwise. I'm not going to pretend that I am I am above the bias in this case. 
so when I see other other areas of of the 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 discussion being had, and I see this bias coming out, I recognize that for what it is, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, condemn um, kind of funny for being biased towards Insomniac. They've been very kind to kind of funny as far as like the 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 Spider Man franchise. So for them to not want to do that, it feels like there was a there was someone who um, it was like your best friend getting in a breakup. It's like you want to be protective of your buddy because they're going through some stuff right now, right? That's what I saw coming from Kind of Funny. the The problem with that, I think, is what you're addressing or, or what you're wondering about is is why wasn't this something that was treated on equal terms with the Capcom hack? or other hacks like that, or other leaks in general? Why are why are leaks through DMs coming from people that have, have information prior to it? And and honestly, like the, the, the leakers that are out there that are being braggadocious about being right about stuff, I think is a little over the top for me. That's not my bag. I, I don't, I don't find, I, I don't really get a whole lot of like, oh, I was right the whole time kind of thing. When I see people doing that, I'm like, yeah, you knew and you said it. Now that everyone else knows, what is that? What is that? Just means that your your leaks are confirmed. I don't, I don't want to know what the leaks are for the most part until they're ready to be shown. I like those trailers. I like knowing what's going to happen in the future, but I don't. But um, it's it's that's always that type rope. But with kind of funny in particular, or or just games journalists not treating other hacks with as much. Um, consideration as insomniac it's clear that maybe we need to be a little more honest with our bias or a little more unbiased and that's i I think that's a if people are going to talk about the xbox tax i don't think that we need to call it the xbox tax i think we just need to call it the sony bias Mm -hmm. because it's not it's it's not what people are doing against xbox it's just what people are doing that's in favor of the system that they they prefer. Mm-hmm. I, I will say, I don't know if you guys felt this way. When I distanced myself from the moral discussion points, I was really excited about Insomniac slate of games coming up. Uh, and I was like, yo, let's go. I like this. It made me more excited for PlayStation yeah. slate. And I know a lot of people were bouncing back saying, oh, they don't like how Marvel based it is. And I thought that was interesting because Sean Layden, when he spoke about triple a games and sony some years back before he left it's not a sustainable model and disappointingly we saw that more and more games are becoming more expensive for sony to make they make some of the best over-the-shoulder third-person action narratives on the market if not the best spider-man 2 is on my list for game of the year but the return of investment the roi there cool cool statement maybe of me roi Wait, Sound that, like an industry pro. Yeah. Thanks, man. I uh, I read an article once. I watched a video. I um, read books. <laughs> I read one once. Uh, the ROI is consistently less and less, so much so that we now know, thanks to these leaks, Insomniac is due to make cuts, despite just releasing a game of the year contender. We now know that they have to sell X million units before they can be profitable, and that number is something like 6 million units for uh, some of their upcoming titles, which... I'm excited for, but like, yo, that's harder and harder and more difficult to sustain as a model. And as a result, games like Ratchet and Clank or the less known IP are not going to get made. And I think there is something gained and lost in that truth. Um, I'm stoked because they make great games and I like Marvel. So sweet. 
on the other hand, I do think there is something lost when you don't get your ratchet and clanks or your your smaller projects uh, from a team. And so I'm very curious. But despite Insomniac being a consistent critical hit machine, they are going to get cut. They are having uh, jobs being lost there. And that's uh, the difficult reality that comes with stuff like this. People found out before Christmas in a year where we've seen over 10,000 industry layoffs that they're going to get laid off after Christmas. It's like, oh, yeah, man. On that uh, Marvel or Insomniac becoming the Marvel Studios of PlayStation, like I got to ask, going back to the the Xbox or PlayStation bias or PlayStation preference, I'm I'm just comparing comparing it to like um, um, Coalition or three four three. Is are you excited that Insomniac's literally just going to be doing Marvel games like three four three only makes Halo games or the Coalition only makes Gears game or you know, would you rather them venture out a little bit? Like you said, it, this is going to bring in money. And, and as much as I hate to say, it, yeah, I'll be there probably day one for that dang X-Men game because mm-hmm. I'm a huge X-Men. I've got Gambit right behind me, old school Gambit. You probably can't see him, but 1990s Gambit back there. See, so, yeah, I was just wondering, like, how do you think the audience or the fans are going to react to Insomniac becoming the Marvel Studios and we're maybe not seeing another Ratchet or new IP? Well, they didn't get was... late, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well... So yeah, Luke, I was wondering what you thought about that. I'm fine with it. Uh, it does not bother me in the slightest. Um, I think it's great. Uh, let me rephrase that. I think it's great that I, as a consumer who enjoys superhero IP, is going to be getting more superhero IP from a great studio. I am consistently bummed, and you, you made this point on Nerd Chat, and I, I stand by this to this day. Some franchises shouldn't be exclusive. Some IP shouldn't be exclusive. I think Marvel and DC... Uh, and Star Wars should belong to everyone. I hate when I see that they're exclusive. Spider-Man really broke my heart when it was exclusive, and it stinks that Xbox gamers aren't getting to experience it. Um, however, with Sony's shift to PC, there's another avenue yeah. for them to check out their stuff. Um, but apart from the fact that it's in a, they're going to be exclusive titles, rock on. You know, like I, I, I think it's fine. I don't mind when that happens. Um, Do your feelings still oh. feel the same way towards three four three and and coalition only producing those types of games or would you rather them venture out how about that um i think in those in in the case of xbox based studios Mm -hmm. they had this vision in the xbox one era of the coalition and 343 being halo and gears uh studios but in recent years we've seen sub teams create titles for multiple xbox studios we've seen obsidian have multiple teams we've seen rare have multiple teams a lot of them are doing extra stuff and i think they're realizing the flaw in the just one category um when i think about like 343 they're just now getting it right and it's largely due to master chief team coming over uh to infinite and gosh infinite's great now don't tell um, Ains that that they're just now getting it right or me come on luke halo has uh, always been a great dude, game Ains has such a blind spot it's Did beyond me our account this year he had 700 hours in halo this year i do i do want to point out the man is in the flights he's in, like friends with people at the studio so <laughs> he's got the same bias <laughs> He's he's very biased if he's not willing to admit it, which I'm sure he will, that that Halo is a lot more special than any other franchise to him because of the the relationships he's built. Yeah. Um, I, I, mean, I don't know if I, I am I. Yeah, Ains is. <laughs> I, I love Halo Infinite. Um, I, I feel like I got I, did, I lost the sauce there. Did I answer your question? Yeah, you did. I, I was just wondering if it's, you know, 
you, it just seems like, oh, it's great if Insomniac's the Marvel studio, but you want, you, it kind of sounds like you're saying you want Halo and Gears to venture out a little bit. And I just think that's funny. They're, they're kind of like swapping positions almost, PlayStation and Xbox, when it comes to their first party studios, which is, it's so crazy. Like the whole generation from X1 to now is, is it's really, really interesting. So sorry, that's that's all I wanted to point out. I don't, I don't see them as apples to apples, but it is a good yeah. thing to point out. It is a good thing to point out. If if Xbox was licensing an IP that wasn't their own, mm-hmm. I think we might have a little bit more okay. leeway. But both Gears and Halo as franchises have done separate outings. Halo has had done uh, RTS. They've done Twin Stick Shooters. They've got an arcade game. Gears has a tactics game. So there have been branches for both of those franchises. Um Okay. And it, and they're owned by Xbox. So I don't think it's quite apples to apples, but the point is not lost and the spirit of your question makes good sense. Um, Jose, did you get to finish your thoughts on that? Yeah, I did. I'm good, man. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, Logan, you are correctly noting to me that we have not yet done our Patreon shout outs for this you week. just clicked. <laughs> and I, I appreciate that. Uh, it is important that we do thank our patrons who have been so generous this year. Uh, and we even had a few people that that saw that some XEP bills are due, which I am grateful for the help. They, they upped their Patreon count. So I'm so grateful to uh, the Muffin Mon and Ellery uh, and Butch for all raising their Patreon uh, levels because that's going to help me pay for Canva for uh, the editing software. I'm so grateful. Patreon.com slash Xbox Expansion Pass. Thank you guys. Join there. Be part of our Discord. We have a great community and it's awesome. Our tier two and three shout outs this week. Would you like to go for that one, Logan? Yeah. Uh, so two tier and three shout outs this week go to Nicholas Johnson, Ellery Woods Parker the third, Nicholas Downey, Rob Frawley the second, Tao Zochi, Xbox Skittle, Steel Rain, Matto 1606, Randall Thor 19, Silkadit, Rick Gaffney, African aka Charles Jones, Game Positive, Jam Pack Sam, Matt Valdez, Neo Prime 33, Rick Davis, Red Beast, Xbox My 29, The Lord Sir, Master James Suddy, Brendan Myers aka The Winter Gamer, Sony's VP of Marketing Kevin Butler, Clint Coombs, DJ Hero and Dano12. Thank you guys so much for the love, the support. Everything that you do does get put back into the podcast uh, unless it goes to like one of Luke's fetishes. We don't know. Did I oh say boy. that? No. You'll cut, you'll cut that out, right? I will not because it's too much work to edit something. <laughs> okay. Well, here we like are. Rubber. I don't know what to tell him. Yeah. <laughs> now we know about that party last night. Um, <laughs> I will say uh, Matto 1606 has been doing a lot of help for me in Diablo. So shout out to him. He has been awesome. I think you mean carried. Oh yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. But also like teaching me about the game in a way that I have not learned. Cause I learn well from you and from him. Uh, Cause you guys are, are nice when you teach me stuff. So I instead that. of getting yelled at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kevin is just such a dick. Yeah. Um, I don't yell at you at, when we play call of duty or halo. Right. Jose. Oh, every time you yell at me, no, just, no I'm nice to you. tune it out now. <laughs> Neg- negative reinforcement is not useful for me. It's oh, not no. a thing. Not a thing. Luke likes to be coddled. Like yep. he has a blanket. <laughs> he has a wife. She holds him while he, you know, he's like reading a book about like what he has to teach kids the next year. Nobody reads books anymore. Um, we watched Violent Night last night on the couch. Good and, movie. Uh, it was one. good. I was surprised. Uh, Did not expect the, to like it. <laughs> I love the heart that's in that movie. I was not expecting the heart 
to yeah. be there. But also the the whole Norse god thing was pretty awesome too. Norse god thing. Or was it Norse? Oh, the fact that he was a warrior? Yeah. Yes, that was a cool. god of war. He was he a god of war? Oh, okay. I think All he right. was a god of war. He was a fight, he was a warrior. I don't know. Either way, I dug I dug it. It was cool. It was cool. Uh boys, Starfield, uh, which I'm told was a massive flop by the internet, has just surpassed 13 million players. Uh, and Bethesda put out a really cool infographic, which if you click on, you guys can can pull that up on your screens, but with some incredibly cool stats. And I thought it was really awesome because to me, Starfield is one of my games of the year. Um, yes, certainly has its flaws. I think Bethesda's format or design and design doc could use some serious updating. But to have 13 million players. Yeah, I know <laughs> to have 13 million players in just a couple months time to know that mod support is on the way to see their roadmap tells me that this is a franchise that's going to do quite well. Um, I think comparisons to Skyrim are often really silly because it Skyrim has been out for how many years re-released how many times it's available on a fridge and Starfield is just getting started. Uh, Bethesda confirmed that they're going to have their expansion shattered space uh, in 2024. And some of these stats out here are amazing. They also said that starting in February, they're going to have updates, uh, quality of life updates every six weeks, which I don't believe in the slightest because I've heard that from Xbox Studios before, including my man, Joseph Staten, whom I hold on a very high pedestal. Um, I don't know that that's a cadence I expect to happen, but still really cool news uh, out of Bethesda for Starfield. I thought this was great, and I hope more people jump into the game and check it out uh, You know, over the coming weeks. What did you guys think about this? I think Jose, Jose, you should mention your point about you know the comparison to Skyrim. I, I always appreciated what you said about well, I, you know when I kind of mentioned it. Is it like I I, I love Skyrim? I've, I have all the love for Elder, like Oblivion, and every every iteration before that. But like they like Skyrim is part five. It is the fifth iteration of that series, and Starfield is iteration one. And if you compare that to the first Elder Scrolls, like how they how they compare, it's amazing. It's an incredible game. Like it's life changing. It's just. Skyrim has had a decade to get good. You know what I'm saying? To build a modded community. And so I've, I've, I've been high on Starfield since it started. Like I understand the complaints. I understand that there's definitely things they could improve. I had my own criticisms when I played the game, but I still loved the game. And even though like, I know there's all the rhetoric, there were articles that like, Oh, it's, it's hemorrhaging players and everything like that. But it also had been out for two months. Like we just, that's how gaming works. We move on right after we play some of our games. Um, even I was like, I, I would kind of want to get back into Starfield. Like I'm playing a lot of like first person shooters right now, but like during the holiday season, I just want something to kind of like fall into. And like, I'm kind of getting itched to go back. Like it's a, it's a great game, man. Like I, I was, we, we were looking at the stats too. It's insane how much time has been put into like shipbuilding and base building and how many people have died. The one thing I was going to ask, and I don't know if you have the, the, um, infographic in front of you is we were trying to figure out there's two stats on there that we confused by one of them was players that became starborn and people that, that crossed the i'm looking at right now jose it's so it's 1,631,000 starborn players and then the, the one we were confused about is crossings of the unity 5,178,000 players so basically of the 13 million it sounds like just under half have crossed the unity but I couldn't figure out what that meant in terms of the game, and maybe that's maybe that's a testament to like the game is a little bit confusing at times, right? But like, because that to me that makes it sound like the first time you get to one of the 
the, the flying globe things, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And then the becoming starborn, I assume, is a reference to the end of the game. Is that what you would understand as well, or you have a different understanding of that, either of you guys? Logan? I think mine's a little bit different. I think the, the crossing of the unity is finishing the game. I think the starborn players are the people mm-hmm. who ventured into the new game plus. Yes, that's what I thought too. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. That's what okay, I thought. That makes well. sense. Pure speculation on that though. Like that's just no, how that I interpret it. Yeah, and I don't want to like spoil the ending right now. Right. Because <laughs> this is all Which is a bad ending, it. by the way. It's a bad <gasps> ending. It's oh, I heard you talking oh. on it's such a bad ending. It's such a bad <laughs> ending. And it's Luke, so Luke lame. Is alone on this. The oh, starborn my, are oh so stupid. Oh my god. Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh. So you see it from a mile away. What? You can tell in the first the first time oh. you're in that mission quest. It's like, oh, I know exactly what's happening. And oh. I, no, this is, I was okay. not spoiled. Oh. I totally knew what happened. Oh my! This goodness. is coming from someone who's like, "There's no aliens. How come there's I no aliens?" I was so pissed. Oh, so pissed at Logan, yeah. Oh, I didn't know this. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I really think the story, the main story of Starfield, is bad. I think it's so. You're, really but bad. you're still high on the game despite it. The Correct. ending for you. Well, like I love the ships. I love the battles. Like when you're fighting, um, I really liked the. It, it's been too long. Crimson Fleet's mission mm-hmm. chain, the alien Crimson mission, mission chain. You, um, Van, you see Vanguard. Yep, loved those two. Those were fantastic. But the the story proper, I thought was awful. I was oh. really disappointed with it. Is this because you didn't get Andresia to like you? Is yes, that, exactly. So he did not. Get I didn't Andresia. like Andresia. Uh, I like Sarah. Who's your main? Oh my! Sarah. Oh yeah. How do you deal with this, Logan? Holy! I can't I, it's, even. It's strenuous uh, to hear him wax poetic about how much better this game would be if it had Klingons or Borg in it, and I'm just yep. like, bro, we already have those games. Like, yes. it's okay to not have those games. Also, Sarah is boring. Oh my! This is so it says boring. a lot, right? Here's the thing. Like they they have this buildup in Starfield where like it, it there is a religious faction that that re- re- worships the serpent. Yes. There's no serpents. None. You don't know. Uh, There's nothing. There's nothing later down the road. That's yeah. great. They need to have that there. Like there was so much that was just like, hey, this is this. It's like, oh, all right. Luke, Luke is a if I don't see Santa, I can't believe in him. I'm a man of science, Logan. You know what? And. <laughs> like not not to be forgotten how we get starborn and like the thing that destroyed earth so lame so lame you're telling me that's what kickstarted the technology the boon no thank you no, oh, thank I mean, you. that's that's war in general look <sighs> at the atom bomb buddy yeah correct but that's what it was oh, i don't want to spoil it for anybody yeah, but like it was just so di- like that's your macguffin lame <laughs> okay I'll, i'm gonna jump in i'm gonna jump in here I have to say, I was one of the few, I don't know if I'm one of the few, but I, I, I absolutely loved Starfield. It, it will be my game of the year. And I have not played, I will say this, I've not played Boulder's Gate 3. And I know Luke doesn't plan on playing that either. And I've mm-hmm. not played Spider-Man, but I've, I've played a lot of the games. Played Alan Wake, um, jumped a little bit into Breath of the Wild. You didn't play Tears but, of the Kingdom either, right? Sorry, Tears, uh, Tears of the Kingdom, but I played Breath of the Wild, right? Like, that's, come on. So... Um, I just want to say this. I think I was one of the few people in the world who went into this game without this massive expectation. And shout out to M. Ken 10, Matt Kennedy. He likes to say, well, Bethesda has been speaking it up. It's their first new IP in 26 years. That's building so much hype. I'm like, yeah, but that's a fact. This is their first new IP. And I don't think that's overhyping it. I went into it expecting a well-made Bethesda game and a new IP 
And that is what I got. And they showed us everything at that, at that um, developer direct. And I went into it with just expecting a well-made game and a new story. And I loved every second of it. And Luke, I'm so heartbroken that you're so disappointed <laughs> with the main campaign. Because I would argue this is hands down. Starfield's main campaign is their best campaign out of all like all the previous games. Like I couldn't tell you what happens in Fallout 4 with the Institute or being a uh, dragonborn. Like, what is that really that interesting compared to to this is the Starfield. only Bethesda game I've played. I've never played oh, any of the oh others. My. I never had an interest in them. That's they interesting. Are not, I did not know that. Yeah, oh. I don't th- it was Witcher 3 that got me into fantasy style games and RPG-esque games. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, which, so broaden my hair. Sorry, Witcher, I've only played 12 hours. I know people are going to hate me, especially Ains. Oh, Witcher 3 is phenomenal. Yeah, Witcher, Witcher 3 like was special, man. Look, any, get into anyone, it, guys. That, anyone that gets past the Griffin, like, congratulations. You might as well just, like, run for president or play the lottery because that game is so long. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. So many icons. I was, I, I'm out. I, I can't even do this anymore. Sorry. But yeah, so so like I've never had interest in Fallout. I've never thought looked cool, um, and I never had an interest in Skyrim because it was fantasy at the time where I were like I wasn't doing fantasy, and by the time I was into fantasy, it was like there were other, perhaps better things. And I say perhaps because I haven't played it. Um, so like it was just a matter of interest at the time. That's all it was. Like I am changing as a gamer now, yeah. um, and so. Starfield was really attractive to me because it's sci-fi. I love sci-fi. Yes. And a lot of that game, I feel like I'm playing Babylon 5, not Star Trek, not Star Wars, but Babylon 5, which is very uh, political and intergalactic and whatnot. So I was very disappointed by the lack of alien species to interact with. Um, See, but otherwise, but Luke, I really liked it. That was a part of their design choice, though. The isolationism, that that's what they're going. And I loved being like, on those, looking at those beautiful skyboxes, wondering you know, what was going to happen next, going back to New Atlantis. And, and then nothing happened silly. next because we were on a moon with nothing. Um, but it's so beautiful, <laughs> though. I was the one human maybe possibly on that planet. That's, Isn't that that's true. engaging? Uh, no, but I, <laughs> the, despite all these problems, I still, it's one of my games of the year because I got a very special feeling of discovery and fun from it. And that's the funny, odd thing about Star Wars. That's know. why I think it's polarizing for a lot of people so too, you know, because that's one of the biggest complaints people had about Starfield is that lack of exploration compared to their previous styles. But you wouldn't, you, you've never played any of those other Bethesda games. Not in any substantial way. You know what okay. I mean? Like maybe you rented it and played it for a little bit, but like I have no fond or strong memories of playing them um they were not my kinds of games when they were came out you know and i don't have an interest in going back given all the stuff that's out now like i still need to play alan wake i still need to play uh, several other games the fact that i got into diablo this year is wild because i never enjoyed diablo prior to this year like i am changing and enjoying the change so i'll take it in stride as it goes and i just want to compliment you that's awesome like playing different games like that's that's what it's all about i really do hope that everybody can give everything a chance and that's a beauty of game pass and some of the things Mm -hmm. in there so uh logan clearly you're not i I, i'm curious where where were you on starfields because i i I can't remember like what what what, i I think these stats too looking at the stats it's great to see that a lot of folks are giving starfield an opportunity um, I kind of wish that 
you know, 13 million players. I always, I'm glad that they're doing players. Uh, I, I kind of wish I'd seen, you know, like <sighs> units sold out of those million players. Like I would love to know the people that bought Starfield and didn't just play it on Xbox Game Pass because I, I think that that would give me a better understanding of like the potential of people who are still either tied to hardware or hard, you know, physical media or the people that bought it knowing that it was going to be an, an Xbox exclusive and jumped into the ecosystem because of it, as opposed to those who were just like jumping in through game pass. I think that would have been something that I would have loved to have seen. Um, I've always really liked Starfield when I got into it. Uh, I, I'm not a big Bethesda person. Um, I think the first Bethesda style game that I played was uh, Outer Worlds. And that was that wasn't even Bethesda's baby, but it was enough like Bethesda due to the, the you know, the people in charge at Obsidian that it was like, oh, I kind of understand what's going on here. I think Outer, Outer Worlds honestly has better humor, in my opinion. I would much rather play Outer Worlds 2 uh than like a starfield too just based on on what i know from those studios but i like what starfield does um i think that bethesda as a as a studio is so ingrained in their design philosophy that they are missing out on opportunities to really have immersive gameplay uh i look at you know like if we want to bring up like the witcher or like you know, cyberpunk as an example I think that the the conveyance of story is better told in other games right now than Starfield is not to say that the story is not is lacking in this because I think that the story was fun. I think it was it was a, a good jaunt to be kind of thrown into this whole kind of story. You know, it, it's it's the typical like teenage movie. It's like, oh, this this kid didn't know what was going on around the world. But now he's thrown into this situation where he has to go and try and save the world. And, you know, what? what 40 year old guy doesn't love like that kind of a story in a video game. Like it's, it's kind of like, you know, feeding us exactly what we want on a platter. I think Luke would have probably liked, you know, this game better if, if you were flying out in space and you had, you know, a spandex suit and a cape yep. and you didn't have to. Yeah. Luke, did or, you ever watch the expanse, the show, the expanse, either of you guys, my connection dropped. Oh, if you ever watched The Expanse, which it was a, it's a phenomenal show, that's what this reminded me of. And, and maybe that's what I went into it with because The Expanse doesn't really have aliens either. It all takes place within our solar system, to be fair. Um, but it's really, really cool story. Uh, and that's what I thought about. Like, I, I agree with Luke that, like, I think I like aliens. I certainly do believe in aliens in real life. Um, but I, and it would have been cool, like a Mass Effect world where there were different races and stuff like that. But at the same time, like I, I, once I got kind of into the story, I didn't even think about not seeing aliens again. Like I just, it was like, oh, it's fine. This is yeah. the world we're in. And it was perfectly acceptable, which was, which was pretty rad, man. So Logan, you were going to say something earlier and Dan cut you off or, or Luke cut you off about Luke with like the gamer with Starfield or something. I don't remember what it was. Oh, um, I'm trying to think of what, oh, I was just going to talk about how. Luke, it's it consistently surprises me uh, how we have aliens in the game, but they they're not considered aliens because you don't talk to them. But we have all those like alien oh the creatures uh, yeah we have the all the flora that's in on all these planets and stuff, and we're constantly dying to them according to the to, to, to the stats to the stats. You know, the poor Freestar Collective people are just getting massacred by, by the Ashta. <laughs> I I just want to ask both of you actually. I hear this a lot. The comparison like. Well, Bethesda needs to change how it delivers its story. It's still set in that 
Bethesda way, you know, zooming in on the face. It's not as um, engaging as maybe Cyberpunk, like you mentioned, or Witcher or other games. And I just want to ask, like, we always talk about, you know, enjoying the sevens or enjoying certain types of games. Why, why do you think Bethesda necessarily has to to change the way they do their games? Why can't we just enjoy Bethesda for how they do it? You know, why why do they have to be? I'm not saying you're arguing that they have to be like Cyberpunk or have to be like Witcher or have to be like God of War or something like that. Why, why can't we just enjoy it for what it is? And it's, and it's really interesting hearing your guys' um, viewpoints on this as being casu- more casual fans of Bethesda. And I think that's why I've maybe enjoyed it more because I just I knew what I was getting into. And it, it, it is really interesting to hear how you guys, this is kind of like your first step into it. I don't know, Logan, have you, random other question, you've played playing 76 too, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I played I played seventy six at launch uh, when it was just you and other people before they yeah, had NPCs. I, I was there too. I've played it. It's so wild how how much it's changed. I just jumped in right yeah. recently in the past couple of weeks. Yeah. So I I remember going in and playing there, and it, it felt like Minecraft. I didn't know what to do. I didn't have a waypoint. I I was I was just like standing there like with barely anything and dying to everything. So I just I, I stopped after a while. When they brought back, uh, when they brought in NPCs and gave it a, a story to, to kind of follow along, that's when I that's when I got engaged because I love stories. I would I would much rather fall through a story than wander out with nothing and, and just kind of like you know be be creative on my own means. It's it's counterintuitive to what I do with Star or with Sea of Thieves, but I follow the the lore for Sea of Thieves, even given the the nature of that sandbox. But with <sighs> With Bethesda games in general, I think they suffer from being too tied to, uh, I don't know that this is very much like what their thing is, right? And it's not going to be everything, but for something like Bethesda to be so revered in the industry as, as like making experiences that people absolutely love and talk about as game of the year or game of the generation and stuff like that, the reverence behind uh, Skyrim and stuff like that. When I see what they do with storytelling and the kind of deadpan straight to your face kind of talking to the camera situation and my my interactions with it are very benign like i I don't feel like all of the actions that i have are always very consequential i think it's one of the things that everyone really likes about Baldur's gate 3 is is that your consequences have actions and you may not see those results until further down the line um I don't feel like that is the case with uh, Bethesda games. I don't feel like there's like one one pivotal point in the entire campaign that you make a choice and that choice has actual consequences. And I and I commended them on having that because it was something that I think was necessary, especially in a game, given how much is is put up put upon on you to, to work through certain things. Everything else felt very kind of like, oh, well, you know, if you if you don't win your way into the the bank that's being robbed, you can still go in there and kill everyone and have the same outcome. Or you can, you know, completely save everyone, but you can save everyone by going in and killing everyone as opposed to negotiating. Like the the outcome is very minimal to the amount of effort required to work through that. And I think that if you're going to be telling stories, uh that that have choices have those choices all be impactful if you're going to be telling stories i think there are 
more natural ways. Like the way we're talking right now is not what we would look like if we were hanging out in person. And I think the talking heads thing can be done better. And I think like CDPR does a better job with the, the, the narrative, the, the epilogue or the, you know, the, the discussion that needs to be had about something by giving you know, life to the character, seeing more than just the shoulder up and, and them talking to things. I think that people engage with other people a lot better when they can see all of the body language that's coming across as opposed to just the face. And un un unfortunately for Bethesda, their face work still needs work. I, I think that they've done a lot, a lot of work since, you know, Your Skyrim. Your face is stuff. making me tired. Or no. yeah. what, what, is that, what, is it, what does that say from Mass Effect? I don't know that one, but I do. I do know the joke. <laughs> so yeah, but that's that's effectively what I think is is one of the main issues where I they're aspiring to do something that's groundbreaking, but I think something is being lost uh, at a base level when it comes to their their narrative, them telling a story. I think they could be doing that better. I think this was the best they've ever done, mm -hmm. based on on what I've played around with. But I also think that there's there's strides to be made that are counter to what their their design implementation is and i think that they could probably learn something from other games we see it all the time with games that are picking up being compared to breath of the wild like it's okay to take other people's ideas from really good games and work them into your game it, the question of like whether or not they need to evolve their storytelling or or stick to what they know is like it's the same answer that we would give for Insomniac and Marvel. They don't have to at all, but that might be what they need to do in order to compete, survive, or, or exist at X level. Uh, we see so many games that are retro callbacks to an original formula because that's what some people want. There is a market for that. There will always be people that want that Bethesda Game Studios formula. But if they want to reach more people, they might need to change or evolve or or something. And so they do not have to change in the slightest. But if we want the, the quote, next Skyrim, that's not going to come from the same formula. They're going to have to Witcher 3 it. They're going to have to God of War 2018 it. They're going to have to somehow, some way, improve upon that formula to to appeal to the masses because gamers are not the same as they were in 2008 2011, 2011. that's that's kind of my question to to jose and to, to dan too do you guys think that the next bethesda game the uh, the next elder scrolls game will be the same formula as starfield you know what that's so funny uh go ahead jose yeah i was gonna say after Baldur's gate i don't think it can be I mean, I think even if they were planning for Elder Scrolls Six to look like it has been, but obviously like better iterations of of story and and character development and builds and and even visuals, I think Baldur's Gate Three threw a weird wrench into it. And I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. Like as a as a former student of economics, like creative destruction is a real thing, right? Like you can be disruptive, and it actually like pushes the whole market forward a little bit. I think Baldur's Gate did that. Now, what gets complicated is like. Even though they say they haven't started working on Elder Scrolls Six, really, we we all know they have to have started some element of that. Um, it is still early enough, though, that seeing what Baldur's Gate has done, I think that they would be. I, I guess I guess I should say I don't think they have to, but I think they would be dumb not to, right? Mm -hmm. I think at this point to to try to keep doing what they're doing after seeing the criticisms of Starfield and seeing what they have want to do with Elder Scrolls, like they kind of have to do something a little bit different. Um, and I think I think the storytelling is there. I think it's been a little bit convoluted because people love the sandbox thing. But I think what Baldur's Gate did is it showed you can have an incredible story and you can have the sandbox if you have the right development. And I think that's what they're I think that's what they're going to be faced with in the coming future. Dan, 
Yeah, this one's a tough one for me because I was going to ask you guys the same question. So I, I'm, I'm guessing I'm the one who's played Bethesda games the most. You guys don't have every achievement for Oblivion, Skyrim, Fallout Four, Skyrim like me, correct? I do not. No. Correct. Okay. Okay. No, I'm not bragging or anything. I'm just saying that's how many hours. It sounded I put like a brag. It sounded like a brag. Um. So it's it, it's so funny how hearing you guys speak about it, like I said, as as newer players is. Logan was saying how he thinks that Starfield did a great job. This is hands down their most polished, well-made game as far as the facial animations. Like this is a a way better than everything that was Skyrim or Fall. 4. I mean, you've seen it in seventy six. Me going back to seventy six, I'm like, this is pretty. This is not good. This makes me want to immediately yeah. go back to Starfield. You know, and I just think it's. I am so torn on this because a lot of people. Some people still argue how amazing Skyrim is. And I actually just recently played Skyrim. I can't remember if it was this year or late last year. I think it was this year. I played Skyrim on PC and I'm like, this is not as good as, as I remember. And yeah, how could it mods? be? How could yeah. it be? Well, that's my question. Cause are you playing with mods? Cause I have uh, tons of mods loaded up. Like I read the guides and stuff on, on for the Xbox mod community downloaded every single uh, mod mm. that was making this game look better and, and or work better it's a 2023 game if you get med, get the mods installed uh, maybe i need to check that out and, and the reason why i didn't install mods uh luke do you want to take a guess why i didn't install any mods what is right. it uh, 70 purist because you're a purist i don't know no, it disables unlocking yeah achievements <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, no, I get really it too. appreciate that <laughs> i know so um it's just very surprising to me how everyone's like, oh, why isn't this game more like Skyrim? But then here we are arguing this game needs to adapt and evolve and not be like Skyrim moving forward. So I don't know. I'm very interested to see. I, I can't answer that. I, I, I'm I, afraid. You're right. Like Jose said, do they have to or do they need to? No. But should they, like Luke said, like with Un Insomniac? No, they don't have to, but they they they're probably gonna have to do something different and i don't know if they're quite capable of that i think they've shown us what a bethesda game is even with mm -hmm. starfield and maybe we don't go into these games expecting these grand stories which i've never argued you should i don't think bethesda games are for their stories it is for the the gameplay the interaction with the world the sandbox the um factions the yeah I, I'm I'm really struggling to answer this question. I don't know. I I I I'm afraid that it might be more of what we've seen before. And I don't know if, like you said, gamers in 2040 when this game comes out will accept what we get at that point. You don't have to know. If if somebody said to me, Luke, what game do you want next? I'd say the next Arkham game. And I would want Arkham games yes. nonstop yes. every time. And I will I'm not wise enough to know what I want. Like if somebody could do that better and do a like a a reinvention of Batman titles sweet but like in my mind I just want more Arkham so you that that the creative destruction is necessary because oftentimes consumers don't know what they want mm -hmm. um, that's the old Apple mantra right like they don't know what they want mm -hmm. um, because all well, I want is more of what I like well maybe that's what Starfield's doing with the DLCs I mean like for all we know they do have a slated release date of every six weeks and we are going to get aliens and we are going to get new travel and you know what mm -hmm. I mean like 
I know that seems far fetched based on like the landscape of updates right now. You know what I'm saying? But it's mm-hmm. possible. Again, they're they're not planning for it to be a one year game or a two year game. They're planning it to be a ten year game. Right. Just like Halo. Six week updates. Ten year game. I'm bitter. I'm bitter, but I do love me some infinite. I do love me oh, some man. infinite. Oh man, I would do anything I'm... for campaign DLC for Infinite. Gosh darn. Oh man, me too. I oh. think you might did you so um, yeah. I know all right, all right. Did you see that in Forge they're now creating campaigns? No. The, yes. Worth your time it. to look into it. Worth your time because it's only at the beginning, but like Forge is now so intricate. People missions, are creating yeah. campaigns and missions. Dude, I'm telling you, there's campaign DLC on the way now. Now that they've decoupled multiplayer and single player, I think you're going to see something. I doubt it's big, but like, I bet you see something kind of like a Hive Busters. I bet oh, you see a which was great. Game. Fantastic. It was, it was great. It was great. Um, Jose, you have uh, very rudely, by the way, scheduled your daughter's birthday. I know. Today. I know. Um, Nine years. You ago, don't see me leaving right now, Jose. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's your birthday. You could do what you want on your birthday. <laughs> but I want to give you a chance to let people know where to find you on socials, where to find the nerd chat, which we'll double dip on when, when uh, we do exit the show. But please let people know where to find you and tell your your daughter that we don't appreciate her being so selfish. I've already let her know in her birthday Good. card. There you go. Uh, yeah. No, uh, real quick. Do want to just, of course, say thank you to you guys, uh, Logan and, and Luke. It was, pers- it was a pleasure, obviously, to hang out with you guys in person. I promise when we do this again, I will, I will remain for the show. But uh, in the interest of, of keeping my marriage and my family whole, I got to go. So uh, you can always find me at Chipotle underscore bear on X or Chipotle bear on uh, Instagram or on Xbox Live Chipotle bear as well. Uh, again, everyone that's, that's listening to the show, I, you obviously know how awesome Xbox expansion passes. Um, keep supporting them. They do great stuff. Happy to be part of this community, man. Truly, like we started this a couple years ago, kind of just as friends wanted to talk about games and as it's growing and becoming that community of, of gamers is growing between you guys and Joe and Kyle and Ains and everybody like it just makes us happy every week, man. So uh, in the interest of keeping healthy as as men, we need friendship in, in our old age. Dan Wright, 55. Um, you know, thank you for everyone for supporting 61. us. 61. 61. I'm not as old as Ains, you guys. Stop it. <laughs> He's really old. Uh, thank you guys He's so, so much. Old. Yeah, Luke, I'll leave my stuff running here on mute so you can uh, you can keep it for the, for the upload. You, you can hang up. Just keep the tab open. I don't know where the hang up button is, so I'm just going to. I'm just gonna leave it open. <laughs> okay. So anyway, thank you guys so I don't much, see guys. It either. <laughs> Have a great holiday uh, season to all you guys. Look forward to hearing the next episodes, and uh, we'll see you online. All right. See you online tonight, Jose. See you online. See you guys. I just, I just want to say that that was a perfect opportunity for Dan to be like, "We'll just call your nine-year-old daughter in to come show you where the hang-up button is." <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Uh, well, let's now transition over to Bobby Kodak and other Activision personnel. They now have their leave dates. They know when they'll be exiting the company uh, and transitioning over. Uh, as of December 29th, 2023, Bobby Kodak will be stepping down as CEO of Activision Blizzard King. Uh, this comes from an internal mem- internal memo from Microsoft Gaming CEO Phil Spencer. Uh, he also notes that Matt Booty will be taking over in that position. Uh, Humam uh, Saknini and Lulu Meservi. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to butcher your names. Um, Lulu, who I've spoken to several times via DM, very nice person. Um, they are also stepping down through December and January, respectively. Um, this is paving the way for what the new Activision Blizzard will be under Xbox. I think this is a good thing for many people for a lot of reasons. Bobby Kotick not revered and not liked. Uh, it's nice to see him leaving. And I'm very curious to see how Activision adapts under Xbox's vision. 
uh, because Call of Duty has been a powerhouse franchise, getting a game out every year, almost since its inception. It runs well. It plays well. Uh, Anybody can argue whether, you know, this nuanced thing or that nuanced thing is a a factor. But like you play Call of Duty, it works. It sounds good. It looks good. And so it's very, to me, systemic. And it'll be interesting to see how they adapt it to bring you campaign, multiplayer, PvE, PvP, all that stuff. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of interesting stuff to see down the future there. What did you guys think about seeing Kodak leaving? I I very very happy to see that uh if you guys haven't noticed in the in the YouTube version I've sat up. I am I am engaged with this you story. You stretch there too. You're like, "All right. Oh, praise the sun." Now the show. Uh, so Bobby Kodak leaving is fantastic news for studios. Uh what this is going to do is allow for someone to come in who's Matt Booty, who's very good about letting studios do what studios want to do, as opposed to what can studios do to get us more money for the bottom line. I want to just point out that the golden parachute that Bobby Kodak got was enough millions of dollars that it probably could have kept most of the employees that were laid off this year Hmm. employed. Additionally, I don't want to discredit the fact that the man knows how to make money for shareholders, and that is his goal, and I think that's why he's going to Sony. I was I just, just wanna... I was just gonna ask you where is Bobby K going next? And is it Oh, Sony? he's going to Sony. And I know Luke doesn't necessarily wholeheartedly agree with this because I, I don't I disagree think... with it either. I'm not on no, a hill. I know. I know you don't wholeheartedly agree with it, but you don't disagree that it's a, a, a potential. Yeah. I think that there's a reason why we don't know who's going to be at Sony. And I think that's because wild. the timing for the for the the acquisition of uh, Activision Blizzard King, Bobby knowing that he was going to be kicked out and uh, uh, Jim Ryan looking for an out because of the generation that's going on, plus also losing the acquisition. I think they I think Sony is is flirting with the idea of bringing Kodak in to try and shore up some of the issues that have been going on because Bungie hasn't served the way that they expected with bringing in the games as a service model to flourishing with their other franchises because those studios generally aren't actually designed for that. But Kodak knows how to do that. He knows how to push studios to do what he wants, not necessarily what they want. And I think that Sony wants more revenue. And I think Bobby Kodak knows how to do that. And I think that's that's why Kodak is probably going to be moving over to Sony. We're probably going to see an announcement late January, maybe mid-January for that kind of a, a, a transition period. Now, speaking to Activision Blizzard, this is fantastic news. Not only has Microsoft been approving and, and welcoming on unions, but Matt Booty is a, a, a great person for being able to work with studios to be able to like manage them. I'm glad that... He is, you know, obviously with with Microsoft, we have a lot of other people. And I think we kind of know who's going to be taking over for Phil whenever Phil decides that he's had his time in the sun and wants to go relax and spend time with his family. Um, But this is just going to be it's just going to be a boon. I think it's going to be a boon for Activision Blizzard. I can't wait to see what happens as a result of it. And I'm really glad that Bobby is out of the out of the picture for xbox i'm just so happy about that because i think that it's just going to really really raise morale for a lot of those studios 
I gotta I gotta push back a little bit. It, you, you keep saying that you think this is gonna be very good for Activision and Microsoft, but like you said, as much as we may not like Bobby K, he did make Activision a lot of money. And like Luke mentioned, and I, I'm glad he stressed this as well, because I stressed this last night when we were recording or the other night, whenever that was. Call of Duty comes out and it is always a solid game. As as much as you may want to dog on it call of duty like you said it works it plays well it's fun to play and it's pretty impressive all things considered that i that first day i'm jumping into multiplayer and when warzone launches i'm jumping into warzone and yes the menus are janky the unlocks suck sometimes but it's still fun and it still brings in a lot of money i'm just wondering specifically luke what do you think of lulu leaving because she had a huge role on you know, influence in Twitter and, and the whole ABK acquisition. And then Logan, why are you so high on Matt Booty? What has he done that has shown you that he should be in the position that he's in for Xbox? Because to me, I'm not I'm not too sold on Xbox's leadership so far, besides Phil maybe and Sarah Bond. And like I still have questions concerning the leadership team. So I just wanted to ask you guys that. Luke, you want to go first? Yeah, um, I actually want to answer the Matt Booty part first, if you don't, if you don't mind, because no, no, go for it. When we had, I believe it was the Xbox leak, we found that Matt Booty was because I was very uh, anti is not the right word. I was questioning Matt Booty's role because Xbox was struggling so much. This was in 2022. They had that wonderful launch to the Series X. 2021 was amazing. You had Forza, you had Halo. Both launched incredibly. Psychonauts um, 2, game of game of the year. Uh, yeah, if you can get past the teeth level. Um, you know, yeah, I know. I sorry. can't. Sorry, I can't. I'm sorry. sorry. I want to. I love I love that 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 whole world. You have not you, you haven't finished it, both of you? Don't tell no, me. I can't get past, get past oh, the teeth. God. It messes with me. Couldn't get I'm past already self-conscious about my grill. I'm already self-conscious about it. Just seeing the teeth that oh. and the, um, what's the thing where you like, it's like a uh, holes in flesh. Yeah. Whatever that, that, that thing is. Yep. I have that. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't. I just, yeah. You probably can't do pomegranates or stuff like that. I don't know what you're talking about. <sighs> yeah. So, um, but by the way, they, they had a really good launch and that 2020, 2020, 2021 was wonderful, but 2022 was in such detriment. Um, and then we were seeing things like Ghostwire and Deathloop and uh, happen over on PlayStation. And so there were questions raised like, yo, is Matt Booty doing what he's supposed to? Is he holding their feet to the fire? What's going on with Everwild? What's going on with uh, this franchise? Where's Perfect Dark? Like, it was a fair question, I think, to ask you like, Matt, what do you what's going I think on? It's still fair, Luke. <laughs> I, I I agree to a point, but I wish I had the doc, like the stuff in front of me. When we saw the Xbox leak that was so massive, we saw a lot of what Matt Booty was saying and doing, internal memos, emails, and he was doing stuff that I remember feeling very positive about, thinking, oh, okay, you were not the problem. Fair. And and again, what do we know? We're enthusiast press. We're hanging out outside. We're, you know, we're looking in. Um, I remember really changing my tune because I've always liked Matt Booty. I've always enjoyed his presence. Um, I've always felt like he was a gamer's friend like he, he was a friend to games and, and people that make games uh, but there was a fair question to be asked in 2022 and, and the leak that we saw it again i don't have it in front of me to say but like i remember feeling oh cool we're on better pathing here um 
as far as Lulu, she was very outspoken and seemed to be an advocate for Microsoft's position and mantra and values in a very polar sense to what Activision embodied as far as how they treated their workers, the cadence of release and like what that meant for studios and their vision. So I don't know that Lulu leaving is a detriment, but she certainly felt an ally in the social spaces, whether or not she actually is one, I don't know, but like on the social side as podcasters, it seemed like she was very pro Xbox's new vision and Xbox's new vision, I think is going to be very attractive for talent. Uh, while you see the industry hemorrhaging jobs and make no mistake, Activision is set to hemorrhage jobs as well because there will be redundancies in payroll and in HR support, et cetera. But as the industry has suffered with layoffs, uh, there, there is now a dearth of talent available and out there and Microsoft being pro union, Microsoft seemingly not having nearly the amount of toxicity that some of these other companies are, are reportedly having, uh, to me makes it an attractive place to work. And that means that if you have insomniac hemorrhaging people, if you have studios that are losing talent and you have an attractive place for talent with multiple teams and you want a cadence of four good, good games a year, you know, good to great games a year. Uh, I think that's a, a an attractive thing, but uh, it'll be years before we find out if that's true. Right. It'll be years before we truly yeah. get to know. So. Uh, before I think, Logan is going to answer a question. Luke, I want to ask, um, are you going to break our third co-host's heart who's in love with Lulu? Is she going to go over to Sony as well? You guys? With, I don't think with she ends Bobby up at King. Sony. Okay. I don't think she ends up at Sony. I don't get, I never, well, I don't know. But like, again, in the social spaces, I never picked up on any love for Kodak. Um, if anything, I picked up okay. on like undertones of disdain and dislike. Um, but that's that could be projecting, right? Okay. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. So you hear that X Bacon Gaiman? Lulu is safe for now. Your love is not going over to Sony, and I know that would break your heart. So, um, sorry, go ahead, Logan. I I think that uh, Lulu going to Sony would be a boon for Sony, given how Sony acquires studios, and I think that's exactly kind of where her strengths would lie is is to try and help build those connections uh, for for studios with them, but. I don't know that, that that necessarily would happen. Um, I think to your question about Matt Booty uh, being doing his job, um, I have to agree with Luke that there was always a, a point where it was like, it feels like we have a lot of irons in the fire, but nothing, nothing getting smacked on the anvil. And I think that that was kind of in question in 2022. Matt Booty is responsible for green lighting Sea of Thieves. Uh, he's greenlit, grounded, hi-fi rush. He's the, the games that we've seen come from studios from Xbox that are not just sequels or remakes are because of Matt Booty and his trust in studios to do something that they're passionate about. Sure. We may not know what Everwild is stated K3, maybe years away because they're still just barely getting kicked up on that. Where's at least Dark? It, and that's that game a, right now. That's a question that, you know, like if if Perfect Dark is is something that wants to come, you want it to come in a way that is going to have reverence for the original content, but take into account everything that they've learned from Halo Infinite. Fable is something that we are going to be seeing because of Matt Booty. 
I don't think that the dude gets enough respect for the behind the scenes communication that he has between Microsoft and the studios that bring us all these experiences that we're enjoying. And as such, I think that if he's going to be going over to Activision Blizzard King, I think that the goal here is, is that what Matt Booty does well is support and uh, help kind of give faith to the studios who are looking to actually build out some of the the projects that they want to do we have a ton of ip right now that has been lying lying dormant for years if any of those are starting to come up to the top it's going to be matt that green lights that and i think he has a keen eye for seeing a studio's talent and seeing like where they would succeed and i think that if he does this then we're going to start seeing some really cool stuff come from the the fact that we have all this ip that don't have studios associated with it. And he's going to be able to help like navigate which studio is working on what, when we're going to get it and how much effort or, or um, um, kind of resources that studio gets. And I think that he does that very well. I don't, I don't see that outside of like Nintendo and whoever their person is doing that because Nintendo has the same principle. Like whoever is in charge of their studios very low key, very quiet. We never hear about them. We never hear about their internal studios, but almost every single one of their games does really, really well with a few exceptions. And I think that's because you, you trust whoever is in charge of those studios to give the resources and the time to be able to make those experiences fantastic. I gotta say, you just sold me on that booty. I'm not even lying. Like how your explanation <laughs> of some of the decisions made that you, I was not aware of. I'm like, okay, well maybe, maybe he, he deserves all of this, but I, I still think time will tell. And I'm, I'm still not sold on what I, I'm very curious to see what Microsoft's going to do with Activision. Like you're right. There is so much there. They have incredible amounts of IP now, but are, is this IP or are these IPs enough to sway people over. And I'm just very curious to see where Xbox is going to go with all this. Cause it's, it's incredibly exciting guys. Like I, in time it's, we're not going to know, like Luke said for years for a lot of this, but either way, it's very exciting. Microsoft's and Xbox's position right now. I, I want to, I, I want to, uh, I agree with you, but I think the, I think the goal isn't necessarily whether or not the IP will sway people. I think the the goal should be, will this IP enrich Game Pass enough to sway people? And I think if if that happens, if there's enough content, that enough IP going into Game Pass, that will be a, a boon for Microsoft. Because I think, like Luke brings up a lot of the time, it's uh, it's more about where people are getting access to game pass and how many people are getting access to game pass. I think ultimately, uh, there's a lot to, a lot to speculate on with no fact. And that's just part of it. That's, that's, that's the plight of the podcaster. That's meant, that's meant to be what we do, um, while they cook. And I'm okay with that. Keep cooking, keep cooking. So, but but not not too long since I'm 60 now. I, I don't have much time, guys. So I need you got, to start seeing these games. Okay, that's all. You got I'm plenty of time. People are getting into their 90s now. There's another three generations of consoles in your life. Don't worry. Okay, thank you, Logan. You had a good run. <laughs> you know. Gosh. You I'm sorry that they're never going to make another Mass Effect, but oh. 
Don't get me started. Wait a second. Have you guys both finished the Mass Effect trilogy? No, I never got into three. Allow me to break your soul. I don't think it's very good. I never liked it. It's good. I never liked it. One's not amazing. Two's really great. And I I didn't get into three just for timing reasons. I tried to play three. Luke, you would be in a, you're most definitely like a Miranda Lambert person. Exactly. I was just going to say, yes, he is a. He is a Miranda Lambert person. Miranda, go ahead. Sorry. Okay, we don't no, need just, to get into it. Just broke. I never. <laughs> I, that those were not my. Remember when those were popular? Skyrim. It was an RPG era, right? The 360 era was it was RPGs but and that sci-fi, was what I played. Sci-fi third-person shooters. Come I on. played Starfield. What do you want from me? <laughs> 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 um. But yeah, I yeah, I just never got. It never never happened. Didn't do it for me. Sorry. Sorry. Luke, do we do we have time to jump into the Lines of P real real quick? Yeah, um, I thought it was interesting. The Lines of P director saying that that Game Pass was good, um, and next to you know a week or so ago, Larry and Studio had coming out saying I think it's fair that we don't be on Game Pass because we made a big game. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, um, that's yeah. that's what I wanted to jump into. I thought it Please. was very interesting that we got this story about the the director of Lines of P saying that Xbox Game Pass was a boon to their to their IP, whereas. We're, Baldur's Gate and Larian, they knew what they had going into it. They saw the results of their game and they didn't have to ask for that bag of cash to get the marketing promos for Baldur's Gate. I, th- I think the timing, if if Larian Studios was releasing the Xbox version in line with PlayStation, I think this would have been a different story from Larian Studios because it was untested at that point. Mm-hmm. I think them having the popularity and winning Game Pass and having that, that uh, um, thirst for Baldur's Gate 3 on Xbox was enough for them to to understand that they didn't need to take that deal. I don't know that that deal gets done in the in the 3 months of time that it takes to get it on Xbox, but I thought it was very interesting the the difference in takes and how we always hear like oh well, you know, Series S is underpowered and other studios are like no, you just have to know how to develop for it. Um this very much is like Xbox is a huge boon or Game Pass is a huge boon to our game. Most people probably would never have played our game without Xbox and the marketing deal that we struck with them. Whereas Walter Gates is like, no, we know what we have. We're good. And I, and I think it's a clear studio by studio case basis that, it, you know, you can you can make arguments about why Game Pass is, is a detriment to this to the to the gaming industry. But it is clear that it works for some and it doesn't work for everyone. And I think that that is a really good reminder to everyone. It's like, it's okay that things are going to Game Pass and it's okay that things are not going to Game Pass. Just go buy Baldur's Gate 3. I'm inclined to agree. What do you think, Dan? Oh, I was just going to say, do either of you have a Series S actually? Yeah. He does. I haven't haven't pulled the trigger yet. Do you play regularly between the two? Yes. On like same game? What are your thoughts on that? Because I've always found like my Series S performs exactly how I would expect it to. I've never had an issue playing. I played Forza or Horizon on both. I've played Cyberpunk on Mm -hmm. both. I've played um, basically any first party game that was available between the two and some third parties. Resident Evil 4 Remake I played on both. And I've had the whole, uh, you know, argument like, oh, Series S is so underpowered. I have yet to see that. Yes, I'm playing some games at 30 FPS, which for some is unacceptable but once you just get past that i feel like the s is an incredible piece of hardware and i i'm tired of hearing that argument personally but yeah sorry go ahead luke no i fully agree i bounce between my s and, and my x regularly 
Um, I think it's a great system. I, I assume the, the day that I got the expansion card. Oh, um, oh, game changer, right? Just to be able to transfer games between the two, changer. download it once. Yeah. Yes, that changed everything for me. And I could not could not say more good things about the Xbox Series S. And I don't think I, I think it's such a silly thing that we as as gamers care or worry about whether or not the Series S is holding back developers. That's not our problem to worry or stress about. Exactly. It is it is the problem of the developers to figure out. And that's fine. That is fine. That is fine. That is fine. That is fine. I don't understand the uh like it works. It works. If I can play Alan Wake and Yeah, I played that too. Forza, I switched between like, that. Yeah. Rock on. What do I care? What do yeah. I care? I do not. I do not. Uh and, I, and for, oh sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, I, I was the one that was like, no, I'm gonna make sure that I get the superior system and buy two Xbox Series X's for my rooms because <laughs> well I'm not going to just go with the 30 frames per six no i'm just kidding well here's the thing i mean the series x is 350 dollars still right now which is wild and so yes i probably would have gotten to in all honesty but insane price for that hardware but i was gonna say the reason why the s is special guys i don't know if you know this when you have kids and you go out on vacations and stuff and you're at the in-laws house Mm -hmm. the series Mm -hmm. s is a great little travel companion that you just sneak under in your luggage you bury it on the clothes and like oh sorry honey I brought my Xbox, you know, don't mind me, you know, late at night. So another benefit of the Series S is that compact size and being able to take it with you on trips. And um, as far as the uh, Lies of P and Boulder's Gate 3, I just wanted to bring up, I actually bought Boulder's Gate 3, even though I'm not sure if it's going to be the game for me at all. I'm right there with you, Luke. I don't know. I'm not all about watching all these endless, you know, interactions and cutscenes and dialogue. I'm more of a gameplay first kind of person, but mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a shot. And for me personally, I wish this game would have launched in Game Pass, but I understand Larian's arguments and rightfully so. It's it's game of the year. I paid $70. The reason I was able to buy this game at full price was because of the money I've been saying saving playing games on game pass like i've done the math i played i, I don't know if we're going to get into it the the 50 day one releases on game pass are we going to talk about that luke um probably don't have time to do a ton but, okay. pl- but make your point please I, so I, yeah i, I was just going to say like i played 11 of those games let's say i pay bought each of those at 20 bucks and waited for it that's 220 dollars i would have spent on those games waiting to play them versus my game pass subscription which i've stacked a while ago, I've probably never paid more than $150 in a year for it. So the savings I had from that allowed me to buy Jedi Survivor, Diablo 4, uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake, and now I'm going to be trying Boulder's Gate. Um, and so that's one of the main benefits I love about Game Passes. And I and I want to try Lies of P, but I've been going back playing a bunch of From Software games. I've been going back after Elden Ring. We can talk about that later. I wanted to ask you guys, do you think a game like Boulder's Gate 3, I, I'm sure it's selling well on Xbox, I would I would think because of all the hype around it. Do you think it would have benefited, though, being in Game Pass, the type of game that it is? I'll just throw it to you guys. I think that given the, the, the social media um, awareness of what like is available in that game, having it 
in Game Pass would have given people an opportunity to check it out. I do think that because of the nature of this game, how it plays, um, buying the game is going to instill a sense of, I need to make sure that I, I get some value out of this, even if I'm not really in love with the system because I invested $70 for the price of the game, which may keep people attached to it for longer than what they might have if it was in Game Pass. I think the game would have benefited greatly from Game Pass. I don't think it needed to. So there's there's two two sides to that coin. Like it did not need Game Pass the way that I think Lies of P perhaps did. Um, Baldur's Gate three, Lies of P is the first in a new IP, um, and Game Pass is not a guaranteed boon for an IP. But like think about a game like Exo Primal, which we played for a couple weeks and put down pretty quickly. But Game Pass allowed us to play it, and they, the studio, Capcom, but like the studio that made Exoprimal, they had a chance to win us over when they, I would not have paid $60, $70, but Game Pass gave them a chance to win me over. They, they, I had a lot of fun, but like they didn't win me over for a purchase or a consistent playthrough. Um, Lies of P, I think Game Pass gave them a chance to win people over. And that's what Game Pass does. It's not a guaranteed success. It's a guaranteed, uh, opportunity to win fans those are two different things so i think that's how it needs to be looked at and nobody should or uh, i should say that nobody's obligated to put their game on game pass like sega is really supportive of game pass but sonic isn't you know i i would i would have loved to play sonic superstars but it's still not quite at the price point like i needed it at 30 bucks um it's just not quite there the but Atlas stuff's on there, you know, Game Pass is a solution, not the only solution. That's why I, I take it. I think sometimes we, we pretend like it should be something else. It's not. That's my yeah, take. I'd agree with that. All right, there we go. Yeah, um, do we Bill Spencer agrees with that, right? Isn't that what he said? Oh, that's just a part of the overall Xbox, you know, plans is Game Pass is just one of the factors of the whole ecosystem. So, yeah, you're right there, Luke. It is the gateway drug into the Xbox ecosystem. Yeah, there you go. Makes, I mean, that's it. That's it. You know, I mean, that's it's it. And it's funny because I I was, I wanted to make this point earlier in the episode, Luke, you were talking about how, uh, how people that don't have a PlayStation are bummed that they don't get to play Spider-Man because it's only on uh, the, the PlayStation consoles and how that, that is being alleviated by them going to PC. PC. And I'm thinking, that is, I would never in my wildest, if I was like a PC or if I was like a console gamer and the idea of like saying, okay, well, you know, if you're an Xbox fan and you're buying an Xbox console, you're spending $500 on that Series X or, or $300 or $200 on the Series S, why would anyone want to spend over a grand for a decent enough computer to be able to play Spider-Man instead of just buying a PS5? Man, the number of people at my work, adults, that have yeah. said they want, hey, should I get an Xbox or buy a PC? I really want to play Starfield. Like, what? <laughs> but there is something. And Dan, I can't remember if you said this in this episode or the episode of Nerd Chat I was listening to. Mm -hmm. um, but it was true, Dan. Kids these days now, PC gaming is cool. It was not cool when we were kids. Yeah, I was wondering. You, you, you're right there in it. I was wondering, yeah. They love and live for it. And I think it's RGB that did it. You know, people like colors. <laughs> but like. It literally comes down to that. 
I do think that's what it comes down to. Yes. I mean, like I, all of us have some sort of light. That's right. That is correct. PC gaming. I have no lighting cool. in my background at all. I don't oh, know. Well, it looks about. like something's reflecting. So oh, no, 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 that that's, that's all just a, that's all just for a camera lighting. I, I never have any. This man is it's Christmas lighting. It's Does Christmas your PC lighting. have RGB? Exactly. I'd like to plead the fifth on this. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. You plead the fifth. Uh, yeah, so I think that's PC gaming is cool now, and Sony is absolutely right to be coming to PC day and date, and that will absolutely cost some PlayStation sales, just as Xbox sales some have been lost, but the net gain far outweighs the net loss. Um, and Xbox is no longer just a box, and that's a very old mentality that people have when they think about it. All right, let's switch to listener mail and then get out of here, guys, because we are running long. We had some wonderful people write in. The first came from Daddy D. Wally himself, the man, the myth, the legend. He wants to know which Halo campaign is the best and why is it Halo Infinite? Logan, you and I have had this discussion before. Yeah. And I learned, I know you hadn't played Gears 4 and 5, which I'm, I'm heartbroken on. What is going on with you guys? But I'm... Um, time <laughs> okay see but also, okay. also a little game like world of warcraft came out that's back what it in was 20 2004 2000. and there's like a good chunk of what xbox was doing during that time that they were just like making stuff i guess and <laughs> it was cool but it wasn't no lich king so you know whatever that's, captain Logan, that's so funny you say that i was in dating myself here at college or in 2004 and that's when World of Warcraft came out, and I, I kid you not, boys, my best one of my best friends, shout out to Pack Attack, Alan Pack. That game came out. I didn't see him physically for like three months. No exact, just never saw him. Just <laughs> never didn't go to class. Never saw him in person. It was the most bizarre thing. And the fact that that game is still going, you just blew my mind right now. So sorry, I, I understand now. <laughs> uh, I, to go to the core question. The best Halo really. campaign is Infinite. Yes. But four and Reach yes. are 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 rotating. Four, four? Reach four is great. Now see, four was special. Yeah, four is really good. Um, and here's why. Okay, because I love Halo. I think that's obvious. Um, four is special because it did something on the Xbox 360 that looked next gen. I agree. Felt with special. You there. Yes. It ignited a trilogy that was mismanaged, much the way like the sequel trilogy of Star Wars, right? The, it, like there's a lot of things that you can do to start something and they had a great start with the Prometheans. Right. They, they were some really cool ideas and I think oftentimes the sequel or the next thing or the can, can add to a game in retrospect uh, I think about you know watching Star Wars right now watching Ahsoka really does a lot for Star Wars and the sequel trilogy and Rebels if you watch if you watch the Snyder Cut it does a lot for Batman vs Superman if you watch X it, it adds to Y so Halo 5 actually hurt 4 because Halo 4 is really good. Um, Reach was, to me, the apex best of Halo at the time. It was the most feature complete, really cool campaign, did something special without Master Chief that we were all on board for. Um, but Halo Infinite, to me, I love that open world sandbox. I think it needs to be explored more. I hope they don't go back to the linear approach, at least not for now. We have the entire Master Chief collection, which is great 
for linear Halo, but I really like the open world. And, I love and adding that targets. Oh. Luke, adding the the grapple shot that that adds so much to the movement. That if they, I if I can't imagine the game anymore without the grapple shot. Like literally that alone, you, you gotta you gotta keep that. So sorry, Luke, you and I are right on the same page. I, I like where you're thinking. You're right. I think that my problem with four was. I think it was just how it played and maybe some of the mechanics is what threw me off with that. Not necessarily the story, but you're right. It's still beautiful. If you go back, I actually have played the campaigns recently. It's, I can't believe that was on 360, you know? Yeah. It's a special, and it's really, it's just good. Like the story was great. They just, you know, they killed the didact in a comic book in the comic yeah, book. I heard something like he that. cracked master chief's visor the way that Atriox does in the game. Uh-huh. Uh, cracked his visor and and like broke it you see chief's eye and then they kill him off like in a comic book what yeah. also spartan ops was dope in premise it just didn't quite execute um but it was a really cool premise really cool premise so uh logan do you have a favorite campaign yeah uh well i don't know if i have like a, a one favorite campaign i think that the the top campaigns for me are one four and infinite uh one because it's just a, a well-rounded very perfect told story just like the first matrix you know it, it it sets out as if it's never going to have a sequel and it accomplishes that four because it does what i think force awakens did for a new hope which was take the same basic story but tell it with a lot more uh panache and and uh je ne sais quoi i i really love what four does to kind of reintroduce what halo is as a as a foundation while adding to it with important story moments that push the the potential of what could happen to chief and cortana forward i think they should have committed to that a lot more and i i love forerunner weapons i don't know what it is about them i just think they're cool you might be the only one i I'm totally fine with that too. Cause I, I actually, anytime I could get like my hands on one of the forerunner weapons, I was like that dude, that thing is awesome. I love that. Let's go. They were I, cool, but, but five, they were cool. Yeah. Abused them. Yeah. 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 But that's a, but I'm not talking about five. I'm talking <laughs> so about, wait, wait, wait. I, we can all agree that five is the, the last Jedi of the, yeah. Halo on its Jedi. own by itself. It's a very good video game. Technically impressive, uh, overused yeah. boss fights, but but by itself, it's great. But it does not fit the tone. Wait. Okay, okay, okay. It does not I think fit the, the tone, tone of Halo. I, okay. I think the tone follows follows well enough with uh, with the story as far as like the AI goes and what happens. I think it goes well beyond what it should have. I think it should have been a lot more reserved considering mm -hmm. uh, like what they were going to do with the story. But um, actually, no, I take that back. It Luke, I cannon. see where you're coming from. I I see where you're coming from. I actually am I'm changing my opinion on the fly. I do think that you're right that the tone did not match with four as well as it could have. I think they did go a little too over the top. I, I took great offense to Spartan Lock because Spartan Lock is awesome. An Oni operative that's a Spartan four amazingly cool concept, really mismanaged and abused. Uh, Michael Coulter did a great job, but like he should have been an apex character, but also like Spartan fours are shorter than Spartan twos. Master Chief was the same height. Why? Like little things like their fight was m just so meh. And it was like, yeah, Chief's holding back. Yes. But like, come on, he should have wiped the floor with them. He's supposed to be this Oni operative that's turned Spartan. Like we should have seen a cooler lock and 
that game is a product of its time. Halo 4 delivered on multiple fronts. That was supposed to be the competitor to Call of Duty. And that was at Call of Duty's height. And it just didn't click with the amount of gamers that they wanted it to. So they were like, all right, let's make Halo Call of Duty, which is what Halo 5 is. And as technically impressive as it is, it just doesn't do it. And the, the, the forced team mechanics in there fall very short. Um, and it's just, it's just a bummer. Like Halo, like how much would Halo be different if they had retrospect? But, um, yeah. you know, it is what it is. So I, I want to, I want to kind of cap this off with, uh, my feelings as far as like infinite goes, infinite tells a real story. Um, a let's, good one. let's, let's just yes. all agree that having an emotional chief is a hundred percent the right way to go as long as the mother doesn't take off his helmet that's right that's all i'm saying keep your helmet on keep the helmet on i don't care what you look like you're the every man for mm -hmm. people playing the game yep and let people live in that world um it, like you can express halo infinite is the proof that you don't necessarily have to and i think mandalorian does as well as well too is you can convey emotion and feeling through a story without having to see the protagonist's face well up with tears. Agree. And having are we infinite, talking about infinite or are we talking about Paramount Plus's hit TV show Halo? We're talking about how Halo. Infinite can do that. <laughs> Halo game. it answers both questions, joking aside, because <laughs> there is there are moments in Infinite where you see Chief's shoulders slump or you see his his the so tilt good. of yes. his head just Inf let's go tick up right now and it's just it's so cool and as a lore person it's like yes i love this we infinite allowed us to replace cortana it allowed us to introduce a new enemy with the endless it mystified atriox who we fought in halo wars 2 it allowed the banish to be a worthwhile enemy because before that we were like brutes suck um there's a lot that infinite does brutes were lame like elites were the bad guy and then Suddenly, after Halo Infinite, it's like, no, Brutes are intelligent and capable and badass. Um, and that is cool to me because they were they were No, Luke, off. their name is Brute. They're not smart. <laughs> you can't be named. They would be called smarts. You're right. You make a good point. Silly Thank me. you. But I, I really do uh, love where Halo was going, and I hope that's not abandoned because of Infinite's reception. Yes, because I Infinite's right story... And I loved the boss like go find these bosses fight the, the 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 basically the elite seven that were surrounding uh you know the banner the banished leadership there that was so cool and the idea that like now this is atriox's right hand man but even the big bad the one that wiped the floor with the infinity and kicked kicked uh chief off the the freaking ship he's he's not even in this like that's cool and there are parts of that map and that ring that we've not even looked at and it's time to visit there. Um, it's time to see that. So we need more of infinite story. I don't care if you call it halo seven. I don't care if, you, if it's infinite DLC, but they need a, I loved the idea of infinite being a platform. Yeah. I Do really you think did. we're going to get that this generation or is it going to be next, next Xbox? You are getting it this generation, but it's really? going to be a high busters esque style. Okay. Um, it's not going to be a full fledged because they, they've had a lot on their plate but 343's the problem with infinite and 343 was that they were contract workers so they were cycling talent out and rebuilding consistently now that they're getting they're fixing a lot of the way that they hire and keep talent on uh 
it's good. You're going to get a much more conducive and fluid development time. Um, that doesn't address the core problem of Halo is not cool to kids. That there is a really? problem. No, you still don't cool. see kids dressing up as the chief. I I still feel like he's iconic, and kids know that that when I when at Halloween when I'm handing out candy and I've got my chief helmet on, they know who the chief is. You're right. It, maybe he's not cool, and I don't want to thank play you, Fortnite. Thing. Yeah, it's because of Fortnite. <laughs> Fortnite and Warzone and Rocket League are what kids play. Okay, that's what kids play. At least, I mean, that's 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 the god's honest truth. So if you want to get Halo to be but, cool, you need to be in Fortnite. You need Lego. You need I mean, they have mega, but like you got to matter though. Realistically, like Halo can just be ours, right? It doesn't, it doesn't, does it have to be this flagship ISP? I know that's what Ains will argue is like, why don't we, why doesn't Microsoft treat it like, you know, Ains is old. Does its IP and Nintendo an... does its IP. Ains is old. We are old. It can be there for us, but if it's going to be there for us, we need to stop pretending that it needs to compete with Call of Duty and Fortnite yes, numbers. I completely agree. That's the difference. We also, we also need to get off our high horse about what is like canonically correct, or, or, or you know, be so, so critical of when we do get one. It's yeah. like, why I, wouldn't a Spartan sprint? It's just, shut, shut up. <laughs> like, shut I up. Agree. I'm right there with you. You got to evolve a little bit, Logan. Uh, so you're not going to be watching season two of. Halo mm, on Paramount Plus, the hit show. Uh, more of a curiosity. You got to watch one. That is uh, the last 10 minutes of that series was the only cool part about that entire series. Cortana do, was great. Cortana. Cortana. Look, I have, no. I have a signed picture of. You don't of, like Cortana? No, I so, love Cortana. I'm saying like I have a, I have a, the only one of the few signatures that I've ever gotten from a, from a, um, a, a, an actor is you have Jen Taylor's signature? Jen Taylor? Yeah, oh. I have Jen Taylor's signature. It is framed in my room. It's it's cool. a, on a really cool lithograph. I got to meet her. She's very awesome. I love Cortana, but I can get Cortana in Halo, and it and it and it's good. She's like the it's it's almost like she's in her own little pocket of awesome in that show that is completely like outside of the rest of the show. Like you could extract all of the all of the scenes with Cortana and still have a really good show, and just. And, and just like put in little stills of Master Chief with his helmet on and it would be like, oh, OK, well, that's a great show. That's a fantastic show. The, the part I didn't like, Dan, at the, the last 10 minutes, which was amazing, like that wasn't Chief fighting. That's bullshit. It was Cortana. That's not OK. Yeah, that, that whole thing threw that's me off. Okay. I'm right there with you. And the, let's be real, guys. The CGI was awful during that yep. last scene. It's like we ran out of money. Yep. <laughs> let's do what we can here. OK. Luke, As someone I'm, who loves Mortal Kombat. <laughs> It's okay to have bad CG and no, still be a not. decent film. No, it's not. Not when you're being compared to The Last of Us. Luke, I do want to say your meme of put your helmet on should have gone even more viral. I want that. That should have billions of views. I want you to say, I wanted to say that, that, that I thought that was hilarious. I, I, I didn't it. make that. I do want to be clear. Oh, oh. I know. I, I, I'm i sorry. I, I don't know where I got it. I just, but yes, There's put your helmet on. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. There was a lot of folks that that had the same sentiment, and I think it's valid. It, it, but, by the way, people were like mad at me for it. I'm like, shut up, <laughs> don't care. Thank well, you. Can we can we agree though? Like, I appreciate I, as the show's not good. Let let it be known. I, I don't think it's great, but at least it's different, right? Whereas with The Last of Us, I was like, I've seen this, and everyone loves the episode with Bill and his husband and everything what's it who bill and what was his name i don't know his name but that was a great i cried so hard yes a great episode but keep in mind that was not in the game like and everyone loves the stuff that no we didn't see it like that we didn't see it 
but it was we heard, in the we game. heard about it. Yes, yes. But I'm just saying that what people love most about Last of Us was when they went completely different. Whereas with Halo, you went too far different and it's out of control. And I just, I, I, I thought The Last of Us on HBO was an incredibly well-made TV show. Loved it. But I'd already played it. And I feel like the game did it better. And I, and I wish that Halo just had a little bit more balance of paying respect to the show. But I do appreciate them doing something different. I don't need to watch what I've already played. That's all I wanted to say about the Halo TV show. Sure. All right, guys, we got to go. I'm going to sit on uh, Ellery and Kevin's questions just because our time we've run long. Um, but thank you guys for writing in. Dan, it is an absolute pleasure to have you and Jose here. Uh, would you Absolutely. let people know where to find you on socials and the nerd chat overall? Uh, you can follow me at Daddy D Wally across all social media. Uh, I'm on Xbox, PSN, everything, YouTube. Uh, you can follow the show at the nerd chat podcast everywhere. Guys, it has been an absolute pleasure. We've been trying to pick, pick, pick them up, get Luke on our show for months now. And Captain Logan, you are also welcome to come on as well at any time. This has been an absolute pleasure, a dream of ours to be on another show. So thank you so much. It really was an honor to be here and to record with you guys. So thank you so much. First of many, I hope. First yes, of many. absolutely. Logan, what's going on in the Keelhauled universe? Uh, it's been a whole week of double golden, double glory, and everyone's shutting down for the for the holidays. So we're we're going into just a really relaxed time right now. I think I'm actually going to be taking this week off. I can't decide because there's a a podcast that just came out from the studio. Plus, I want to talk about my skull and bones impressions, but I'm like I'm itching to like record. But I'm like, no, I can take a week off. Mm -hmm. It's okay. <laughs> we'll probably take a week off sometime in January. But like, yeah. I know what you mean. It's like, I want to talk, yeah. but I, yeah, I got you. Yeah. It's, I miss, I miss having the conversation, but at the same time, I'm, I'm like trying to be resolute about like, no, for once I'm not going to put out a podcast and I'm, and I'm fighting that really, really hard right now, but that's what's going on with me. Otherwise just head over to the discord. If you're in the Patreon um, chat with us there, like we've been playing a ton of games mm -hmm. uh, recently. I mean, it's, and it's just been hopping into voice chat and chatting with people and getting their opinions on stuff and talking about the industry. And if you love that, if you want to hear more of this, then that's a great place to be for that. Uh, I will say for any Patreon member, uh, we are doing our community episode. Uh, we're recording it this upcoming Wednesday, the 27th. We're talking about our game of the year. If you just want to come on and chat about your game of the year, uh, games you've enjoyed, stuff we're going to spotlight, very casual, relaxed conversation. It's just basically what we do in voice chat. We're just recording it. Uh, we would love to have you guys there. Uh, you guys can find me on all your socials, uh, specifically threads. I'm doing a lot more on threads at Insipid Ghost. And of course, you're supporting and listening to XCP. We appreciate you guys. Have a fantastic rest of your week. Happy holidays to you. Take care.